2: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, brought to you by Wild Edge. If you haven't listened to the podcast before and you're just now joining us, my name's Walter and I'm your host. And on this show, we do something a little different. We try and share incredible stories from all over the country, all over the world, uh, and try and inspire you to get out there and just enjoy the, the great outdoors. So thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the show and the format that we've got. I have a feeling you will. Guys, it is August. Deer season is 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 right there. It's 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 just outside of reach. So I hope that you're getting out there and you're scouting and and you're getting ready to hang tree stands and trail cameras and and all that prep work. I really hope that you've you've taken the time to utilize the Wild Edge climbing system to set up all of your sets this year. You really only need one, but you could use it for any hang-on set. I've told you before this is the simplest easiest, quietest system in my opinion, to climb a tree this deer season. And if you use the promo code ChasingTAILS10, that's Chasing tales T-A-L-E-S 10, that'll get you $15 off an order of any set. And realistically guys, if you get the set of eight and you buy an eater to go with it, You can climb any set of tree, any tree to just about any height with only using five to six of those steps. So give it a look. Use the promo code if you're interested. And uh, if you have any questions, y'all know you can send me a direct message and I'd gladly help y'all. I got something in the works, some tips and tricks videos that are coming down the pipe. And as soon as those launch, I will put those up for y'all. So in our most recent tradition of reading Listener Reviews is going to continue this week, and this week we're going to hear from Jeremy Batch. Jeremy says, Great podcast. These guys are historical and so down to earth. It's refreshing to hear hunters getting back to the basics of what hunting is all about. I absolutely recommend them to, anyone, to everyone, whether you're new to hunting or experienced. James, I appreciate you for the kind review, buddy. It means the world. I know that you, you support us on social media, sharing all of our content. And guys, if you'd like to have your review shouted, or if you just like to support the podcast, In general, you can go to iTunes, leave me a review, send me a screenshot, and I will send you a decal my way of saying thanks. And if you're still wanting to support the show more, don't forget that we now have a Patreon account. The link is in the show notes, it's also on our website. We have a pay- <clears throat> you can go there and donate uh, a fixed one time amount or a recurring monthly amount. It's your choice, and I've set up some goodies there for y'all, uh, little incentives to say uh, thank you for the different levels of commitment. So be sure to check that out. Now, in this week we we, we kind of pumped the brakes. I, I've I've been going heavy in the stories, and we've been pushing out a lot of a lot of fun and exciting content. And every once in a while, it's good just to sit down with a couple of buddies at Deer Camp, chill. Shoot the shit and have a good time. And that's exactly what we're going to do this week. Now, I'm sure you're wondering who the guest is going to be. And it's none other than the working class bow hunting crew. That's right. Kurt and Steve are back. The, we had a great podcast. It, it ran over both on before I hit record, and I had to finally realize that I needed to hit the record button because we were losing out on some good conversation. And then uh, the car- the conversation carried on long after I, I hit stop. And uh, that seems to be the case with these two gentlemen. This is uh, this is a bullshitting podcast. We had a lot of fun recording it, and uh, we covered some really cool topics, from like why Kurt doesn't hunt out of state. Why he feels like uh, the Pope and Young measuring systems are important in today's society. You know, you, you, they tend to have a really bad rep, and uh, even myself, I've, I've told people that in my opinion uh, it can it can really distort people's views of things. But Kurt makes a very compelling case as to why it's a good thing and why we just maybe need to change the application and. True, true to form with any working class bowhunter podcast there were rapid fire questions however i came up with them on the fly because i ran out of time before we had hit before i was able to hit record and get on the phone with them so guys i'm gonna cut the shit get straight to the podcast i hope you enjoy this one it's a good one we're, we're, we're taking a break from the storytelling component and we're just chilling with some good guys but we're gonna get back to that shortly i hope you enjoy <clears throat> well, guys, I am back. It is time for another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast on the phone. I have got repeat guests. This will be the second appearance on the show. In case you haven't noticed, I am—I uh, consider myself uh, <clears throat> good friends with the working-class bowhunter crew, and uh, I am glad to have the the pretty face Kurt and the entertainment Steve on the line. What's up, guys?
1: You know, I'm glad he turns into two different people. When we're talking to Walt on the phone before, and then when he does the <laughs> intro, he's a completely different person. Hey, um, Walt, y'all, I got this little swagger. I want to put my radio voice on. Come on, dude, be real. <laughs> <laughs> that's fake bro bro, be real. I'm glad you invited <laughs> us back, Walt, but I kinda feel like you're using
0: us for your uh, for viewership. Yeah, dude, what's I, up with that? Man? I kinda that feel is, dirty, but that, I like it in a weird way, you know.
2: <laughs> that's the only reason I'm having y'all back on actually. Uh there's so I figured that there's so he's much like, editing he, that goes in into y'all's podcast. It's so much work, but uh you all y'all just <laughs> continuously deliver the <laughs> listeners, so <laughs> uh,
1: he's like he's like, Hey man, I got I gotta try to hit up some sponsors, I might as well bring the big dogs in. <laughs>
2: Hey, man, when I hit Scent Crusher up with my portfolio, y'all's three podcasts are going to be right there at the top. Yeah. <laughs> Scent be like, who the fuck's this guy? <laughs> yeah, he's like, Florida. Yeah. They, they kill deer in Florida? Pygmies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks <laughs> for having us,
0: man. We appreciate it. We yeah, always have dude. a good time.
2: Yeah. We had a good episode, man, last time
0: you were on our show, and, and we got a lot of feedback uh, from our little collaboration and, you know, completely different areas, but uh, it, same, same goal in mind. and Same perspective on things, I
1: think. So it's nice doing charity every once in a while, man. I'm happy to be here.
2: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, so this, you know, I've we've grown a lot recently, and so there may be some listeners who haven't gone back all the way to episode 30, but uh, to give everybody just a little bit of a backdrop, um, back in October of last year, one of our mutual listeners shouted us out on Instagram, was like, Hey, uh, the working class bow hunters could really use a, a high quality guest. They've been struggling lately. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, He's right. You two are having a conversation.
1: You're like, well, I wonder who who that could
2: be. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we uh, that that has now evolved into jalapeno food plots. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> identifying deer by their squirts now it's it's been a great uh a great <laughs> three episodes now so i'm glad that y'all took the time to come back and uh it's gonna be fun to see what this turns into
0: yeah boy yeah it's gonna get wild it's gonna get wild but no nah, man we really do appreciate having us back on we didn't know if that was gonna happen
2: so why don't you guys? There's a couple people I'm sure who follow me who may not know who you are. We've been growing a lot lately, and that's awesome. But why don't y'all start with who you are and what you do?
0: All right. Well, we're uh the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. We're missing our third main host, Eric Hammond. He's uh he's puts the Working Class and Working Class Bowhunter. He's uh third shift and then day shift working and then side hustle working and he's got to get a couple hours of sleep, which is right now. Um. But no, we make up, uh, me, Eric, and Steve make up Working Class Bowhunter, and uh, we've been doing this, we've been podcasting for, shit, It was it, three and a half years now? Yeah, something like that. And uh, just over 230 episodes in, uh, our, our July 30th of 2018, depending on when you listen to this episode, our uh, launch on Carbon TV airs for the video podcast series, and we put a new podcast out at least once a week, uh, so that's our normal podcast. Uh, that's us as a podcast i guess now steve i'll let you introduce yourself there
1: yeah i'm uh i'm steve i'm the uh absolute superstar of the working class bow hunter you know <laughs> i hold myself as such um you know i i rarely do public appearances like this but um walt you know like i got a soft spot in my heart for uh bearded men who look like you so yeah i'm, I'm more than happy to be here <laughs>
2: Is that what I'm supposed to
1: say? Yeah, <laughs> <up> with... <laughs>
2: yes, That's perfect, and I have to let you know right now that's going to probably be the intro to this. That's going to be the first thing people hear before I cut into the music. <laughs> people are going to be like, what is
0: this <laughs> talking about? Well, let me add this in, though. Like, so but the difference, the dynamic in our show between Steve, Eric, and myself makes up for different experiences and mm-hmm. completely, I'd say, like for the most part, completely different personalities. I don't know about completely. Eric's really quiet and pretty reserved um steve is like the crazy guy but you have the least hunting experience out of me and eric mm-hmm. and eric's in between
1: me and you in experience and i've been bow hunting the longest and so we have a good dynamic that works you know yeah. i just i i happen to have more podcasting experience and you have kurt had, more you have a lot dumber shit to say i have a lot dumber shit to say kurt has more hunting experience so it makes for a good good blend and i think uh you know people pick that up they get it you know we're, we're working class dudes it's not like you know we're out there buying you know 1500 acre farms in missouri and you know laying giants every year we try though no we try but it ain't happening
2: some of y'all try steve you don't try for shit but that's okay no i don't try at all lack
1: <laughs> of effort's there i yeah, try really I like, hard <laughs> lack of lack of a lot of stuff in my life but uh effort is one of those things
2: well, so and I think it's important for everybody to know that if you if you're listening or you intend to now subscribe to the working class bow hunter podcast which I really recommend you do. Don't listen to it if you need to remain professional at work because there are some moments where you are just going <laughs> to lose your shit laughing and the people in the cubicle <laughs> next to you are just going to be wondering what the absolute hell is going on with you because it it is a riot. I I recorded an episode with y'all and listened to it the next day. I mean, I was on the podcast and I'm listening to it the next day and I was still cracking up. I had so much fun. So well, dude, that's
0: our mindset. Like, go into that a little bit here. Like, a lot of podcasts are very, like, Q&A, and a and a mm-hmm. inline, hunting industry. Hold on. Everyone straighten out. Oh, we don't drink. We don't do this. We are very perfect. You know? But we just kind of put it out there how we are. Like, yeah, you know, fuck all that because it's not real. Like, we just want to be who we are, record it, and have fun while we, while we record. And, you know, we get a lot of hate for it because sometimes we have some episodes that are – you know, super hunting camp, like we're having too much fun, we're up too late, might have drank too much, and we record and put them out how they are. And then some we cover, you know, whitetail tips or different tactics, and we cover them, you know, the tips and try to learn. And we learn why we record those episodes, but we also want to give what knowledge we have. But we're not telling you how to hunt in a certain way. We're telling you how we do it, and if you think that's a good way, maybe you can try it, and maybe it'll work for you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's and it's a really good balance between them. I mean, it's, it's one of those things like for every episode that you have a guy like Darren Christianberry on, which is probably some of my favorite podcasts, it, you know, y'all dive into so much technical information on a real entertaining level. But those are just like chock full of like you're just sitting there wanting to almost take notes. But then you have people on you know and you're just cutting up and it's humorous and it's just a really entertaining well-rounded podcast and it really makes y'all stand out in my opinion from everybody else because thanks y'all, man y'all bridge that gap man between entertainment and and uh informative content which there's a place for both but
0: for sure and that's the thing like i get sick of things pretty easily right. um so you know i just try to mix it up so if i can listen to a podcast this is like me trying to put myself in a listener's perspective if i can listen to a podcast where one guest might be super informative or even with no guests we're talking tactics or hunt stories where people can learn from well the next one or maybe the you know maybe three after that one you know we'll have one where we're just goofing off Mm -hmm. um, to kind of mix it up and not let people get burned out when you listen to one episode where it's just like Today we're talking FOC and Aerospine. And, and then this uh, every episode, it's like, man, it's a
1: tough one to listen to. Dude, like, I'm going to
0: wreck my car on the way to work. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if you want to know, you know, if you want to know where where we stand, when we had uh, one of my personal archery heroes, Real Wild, uh, I can't remember what episode it was. While we we're at ATA, we had him in. Dude, he's the, one of the best archers in the world, if not the best archers in the world. Great guy. I ask him, you know, he's talking about records. I ask him if he had an arrest record. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <Right>? yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Obviously, the dude's going to give you some knowledge and some great stories. But you know, w- we like to think. I mean, when when you said
0: did we t- bring that up, we talked about that after. I'm like, dude, you asked real wild if he had an arrest record.
1: <laughs> 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 dude, he, oh, he's 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 the, one of the greatest dudes. Go back and listen to that episode and follow him on all the social media pages if you if you don't already. He'll want to it'll make you want to shoot your bow more but <laughs> dude
2: yeah shit where was I? I was going somewhere with that uh, it doesn't matter it's all right i got you steve um he, he real that episode is another good example but another one that sticks out to me is every episode that y'all have clint casper on that dude uh, can, that dude can 180 from just making a, a absolutely hysterical joke to just dropping some serious knowledge bombs and not too many people are in that are interviewed can do that, right? That they can just pivot back and forth between those two things. So,
0: yeah, you know, Clint is a cool guy, man. If you ever meet him in person, he's just uh, he just likes to have fun. That's the best way to explain him. He just is always looking for the good time. And I talk to him on an almost daily basis, and there's so much knowledge in his head and experience from hunting that it's hard to get it out of him. But then when you turn, put him in front of a mic and hit record, it just spills out. And it's mm-hmm. like, dude, you never told me that story before. <laughs> it's, a, it's just kind of funny the way he operates. Well, he's but obviously it, one of those cool. people
2: that just wants to share, right? Like to share experiences and share stories. He he revels yep. in, in that kind of stuff. You can hear it just evolve.
0: Yeah, no doubt. That's exactly
1: how he is. And, so, and Clinton does our blog up for the podcast, the Camel Collar blog. And he's uh huh. What's up? Oh, I just remember what the tangent I was going on when he said that. <laughs> uh, but, he, you know, he's a frequent guest, so he's a familiar voice, if you will,
0: for
2: yeah, the uh, the, the working class honor, So, Steve, would you like to finish your tangent?
1: Yeah, no, I just I, it, it was something that you said earlier. You know, you said, hey, you know, for when you're listening at work, you know, you're in your cubicle. And that lets me know that uh, he ain't down with a working man because, you know, you're talking about work cubicles. <laughs> well, I'm talking work. I'm talking job sites, bro. That's what we're all about. <laughs> we're all gonna go, I, I was going to say something about Guy that. has us on his show and you shit on him. Thanks. Well, hey, we shit on him when he was on our show, too. It's true. That's true. He shit on me harder <laughs> then. <laughs> I ask you I on the show, we're just ripping like, dude, Florida sucks. Nothing
2: but a bunch of mess heads. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it wasn't wrong, but dude, you know, I'm so right glad either. you brought that up. Y'all ragged on Florida people, and after that episode, I must have had a dozen people send me like, this kind of shit only happens in Florida. Like memes, <laughs> like random people,
0: dude. It was hysterical. I I, th- I got to claim I don't know for sure, so I'm I might be completely wrong. I have to claim that our podcast probably has the most inside jokes with our listeners of any podcast. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. And you want to talk about loyal? There was what? Well, there was some pod. There was some post that I made. I can't remember what it was, but I, I made some joke about like, like. I don't know coming after y'all or something and there were like 6 people that jumped on that shit immediately in your little in your little closed group and that's that's <laughs> that, that's just the cool thing that what y'all do you foster this really like camp style like it's a cult yeah it We got the shooters out there bro what's up <laughs> Try us it's a cult <laughs> it is it is it's cool man it's it's a great little community for sure so I want to give y'all an opportunity, though. Uh, shifting back to my radio personality voice here, I want to give y'all an opportunity to talk a little bit about the Carbon TV, if you can. I don't know how much you can talk yeah, about, man. but how's that going to be different from the podcast?
0: Yeah, well, first of all, I appreciate you bringing that up because that's something we're we're working really hard on, and we're super proud of. Um it's something that I've actually kind of known about this for I do a year, just over a year now. <laughs> it's been a and, long time um, coming. We, we, what happened was we were doing some podcasts with show, um, with shows that were already on Carbon. They were guesting on our show. And I kind of got to know some of the people at Carbon working with them doing that. And, you know, we kind of had a little like uh, just, a, just a deal worked out where, you know, we'll work together in marketing. And they approached us and were like, hey, you guys ever thought about having a show? And I'm like, well, no, yeah, how the
1: hell is that going to work? You know, you know, but yeah. podcast. Yeah. 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 So we
0: kind of took a year to think about it because I'm not down with video too much, but I have friends that are. Um, so I have a good friend, Jordan Johnson from Whisperwood Outdoors. Um, and coming soon is Combination Creative, which is going to be his media company. And this guy is just so knowledgeable on camera equipment and editing and just anything you need. This guy's got it. And, so pretty soon he's going to be up for hire to where you guys can add like a a la carte package on what you need out of your video work, which is going to be cool. So anyone out there with a video production can kind of keep this in mind. Um, but anyway, I've been good friends with him for a while. Used to work with him actually when I was at, actually at Gander Mountain. Um, he's actually the reason, one of the reasons why me and Kurt know each other. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah. Um, so kind of going back... Uh, Carbon our Carbon T V series. Sorry, I'm distracted by your dog barking. Yeah, what, I know. what the, <laughs> f- <laughs> the hell is he doing? is he just
1: barking at?
2: Just ignore him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we, we we ended up working out this Carbon TV series. Um it's airing July 30th. And it's gonna be released um every one new episode every two weeks on Monday nights. Um and we're gonna do it like a hunting show. It's gonna you know, there's gonna be a season one with uh so many episodes in each season. And we're doing that because of our scheduling because our show has three main hosts. We have some fill-ins and, we're, and then this adds cameramen in and then a producer. So we're not able to do it weekly. Like we do our regular show. Um, and plus we got to hunt, you know, during hunting season, we still do our audio podcast, but everything else shuts off. So, um, season one's going to have, I believe we're looking at, we're on track for eight episodes for season one. It could be one less or one or two more. It depends on how things work out. Um, so that first episode's our pilot, and that's actually with Whisperwood Outdoors. So when you watch that episode, we're explaining what we're doing, and Jordan's in it, which is our producer. He's one of the guests on it. <laughs> um, so basically, we're just we kind of talk with them, get the feel out for how things are going to go. But episode two, three, four are already filmed and being submitted to Carbon, and that we we really find our groove in those other episodes. You know, we're starting to get comfortable with the video how it's going to be edited. And uh, things we're gonna add in, in the future. And we already have season two is starting to already to get mapped out and we're not even done with season one. What and we got we got uh-huh. bigger things planned. Um we're gonna do some off site out of studio podcasts, and um it's just kinda it's a learning process. So the first episode, give us a chance, you'll see that we're trying to find our group. I think two, three, and four, you're
1: gonna really see us fall into where we're gonna be at for this carbon series. Yeah, and if I'll just kind of piggyback on that. Jordan's vision, we'll we'll tell him what we want you know and we're not video editors at all we can talk in microphones that's fine when we get put on camera it's another thing so we'll tell them what we want and we'll be like yeah add in whatever dumb thing that you know you can to help kind of boost the episode and there, there'll be some other visual things you know some hunting videos well i guess and, i never went into like what it is so well, i'll start go i let you finish though yeah so um if you go to uh, if you go to our Facebook page, and maybe we'll send you a link so you can have it. Uh, the intro is out, and then we also have a the preview. No, oh, the trailer. I'm sorry, the trailer is out. Um, we can send that to you, so you get a little bit of a glimpse of what's going on. But some of the things that Jordan's putting in there just throughout the episodes really makes it. He he. Yeah, so, he, understand. under, yeah he understands
0: our vision. Yeah, what we do is so. In a normal podcast, is just. I didn't want it to just be us talking on video, which, you know, obviously it's still a podcast. So to watch it, you have to be interested in podcasting to be into it. Because if you don't, you're watching people conversate on mics and that's just not your thing anyway. But if you're listening to this, you're in a podcast, so you might find enjoyment in it. So say someone's telling, a say Walt's on, he's telling a big buck story that he has and he has footage of it. That footage can be overlaid in the conversation to give you that direct visual of what's happening. And, uh, we add a lot of other fun little things in there to kind of like break it up and keep you interested, uh, like interested. But those are all surprises. Like we had a viewing party uh, a couple weekends ago <laughs> of our episode two and there's stuff in there that I didn't even expect popping up. And it's just something to keep it interesting and funny or just different. And, uh, I don't know. I hope it goes over well, man. If not, we'll just keep hustling it anyway. So.
1: Kind of came quick sure, too, right. like when we announced That's it, and said. all of a sudden it's like, yeah, we're about ready to roll this shit out, you know. Well,
0: well we <laughs> kept it quiet for so long, and you know, people got to keep in mind, like we're new to the video game, so episode one, you know, is we're tapered into what we're what we're gonna have going on eventually. Right. So it's it's a evolving
1: process. So um
0: no, I, I think I'm excited for it. It's a ton of work. Um, we're getting ready to film another episode this coming week. Uh, we got, I'll spill the beans will be like an exclusive, so you'll see one episode's going to have TJ Younger from the Virtue actually is going to be on, and uh, we're filming at Austin Chandler's pad, which is our good buddy, um, he's part of our little mini-series called the Whitetail Angle, and he's there's just giant bucks that's all over his area there, so you'll see all that in the episode, and we're going to be at a bar there that he has in his man cave, and mm-hmm. um, so it, it's just going to be a fun place to film, and um, hopefully it turns out to be a good episode, because TJ's one of the greatest human beings on the planet.
2: That's awesome. So we need to, we need to record one of these, maybe season three deep sea fishing in the Gulf. Damn,
0: That'd be awesome.
2: Damn.
0: Recorded on a boat.
2: Recorded on a boat way outside of cell service, completely off the grid, hoisting up 30 pound red snapper. Well, yeah. I'll
0: tell you this. I think that'll happen for sure because our producer is like the, he's so deep in the fishing game that, it
1: would blow your mind oh yeah
0: he is yeah you're right he he's made commercials for denali
1: rods and and all sorts of fishing companies
2: oh we're kidding
1: we'll be on the sailboat recording our first music video for prestige worldwide yeah that'll be great man
2: (laughs) (laughs) well gentlemen what do y'all have planned for this year i know steve is going to get his first deer this year but first deer you've killed one before I shot one last year and the year before that. Well, excuse the hell out of me. What, 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 are, you do, what, what are your plans? Correct Steve's me, Steve. Gunning for yeah, a, bro. Steve's gunning for a good
0: heavy handful antler. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Steve wants a
2: handful of bone. I got it. Yep,
0: that's, that's all, all I'm he does. For.
2: <laughs> Just looking for some bone.
0: Uh, I'm going to Colorado in September uh, with my dad. and uh, Actually, he started out as a listener. In, from South Dakota, our buddy Jeremy, he's got a, a little video production called Buckstorm Productions. We're going to Colorado, uh, DIY public land hunting for elk, and then come back and just try and put a good whitetail on the ground.
2: Are you are you only hunting Illinois this year?
0: Yeah, I think so. That's the plan. Clint okay. shot the offer out to me last year to hit up Ohio. Um, so if that offer comes up again <sighs> on the table, I might make that happen.
2: Dude, I got to ask you, why don't you travel more to hunt whitetails? For a guy that, like, lives and breathes bow hunting whitetails, why do you never leave the state of Illinois?
0: That's a great question. Um, number one is vacation time. Yeah, this guy
1: with his cubicle job. Uh,
0: well, no, that, vac- well, no, that, 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 that is a good vacation question, time. man, because to you <laughs> in Florida, it's like, dude, you're in the heart of it. Like, it's, you yes, know, everything's man. so close. Yes, it, it, man. Number one, it boils down to vacation time. Right. And number two is in Illinois, I can shoot two bucks with a bow. So, to me, killing a buck in Indiana when I still have an open buck tag in Illinois, I'd rather kill a big buck in Illinois because it's the same same species and subspecies of whitetail. Cheaper, too. You know? Yeah, and I already live here and got the tag. So, um, but no, I get what you're saying, man. If I had a, a, a show, a, a legitimate show, which I guess I do now technically, um it would be different, but I just—it's vacation time—is what it boils down to. If I had four weeks of vacation or five weeks, you know, I would do two weeks Illinois and try and tag out with both tags, and I'd hit up Wisconsin or or Indiana or Ohio or Iowa. But um, just the time frame man allows for different uh, just different shit for me. But you know, if I could kill a good buck in Illinois and then go to Ohio and kill a good buck with Clint, you know, I would do it, but it just depends on where days off lays for me.
2: Yeah. That just, that just, that just blows my mind. Cause you're only a couple hours from what, like Wisconsin, Missouri and Iowa. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's th- my dad used to live in Wisconsin and their bow season starts like 15, 10, 15 days earlier than ours. And I was well I'll go up there and make that happen or try and make it happen. And, but man, when you got two open bow tags and, you you channel all your efforts on the property you have right you know you just focus on that because it'd be different if i only had a really really small kind of lame piece in illinois or just public then i'd want to bounce around a little more just to get a a different change up but you know illinois for me is uh i'm a normal guy man so that that just works good enough for me i don't tag out every year i don't shoot two bucks with my bow all the time um Everyone out there listening knows you're lucky to get one chance. You're super lucky to get two, and if you get three, man, you're on fire. So, um, you better same with
1: beer pong too.
0: You better you better make those uh, those chances on shots count on a big deer. You know, the first or second time around. So,
2: well, I think I think it also kind of boils down to what geeks you out too. Like I think, and I'm speculating here, but I think you kind of geek out on the idea of identifying a buck or two and kind of getting after them. Whereas I think there's other hunters like our, like our mutual friend, Byron and Dave, like they are public land guys. Like that's shooting a, you know, a one twenty or better buck on public land is what gets them. Is that, is that a fair statement?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it definitely is. And those guys did way better than that last year. Andy shot like a mid one fifties, but Diablo, but yeah, I, I agree, man. But the same thing is, You know, that's anywhere in the Midwest. You know, a a good Pope and Young buck is going to get anybody riled up. It it just depends on where you're at in your learning curve or where you're at, where your mindset is at that time of year. So, um, you know, like last year, dude, I had such a roller coaster of a season that um, I shot a good Pope and Young 10-pointer last year. Uh, Would I have shot him on, like, when I'm on riding mile high um, during the season? Probably not. But I enjoyed the shit out of that buck when I shot him, man. I, I don't regret it for a second um but the first thing i said when i shot him is i texted my dad as the first person i text all the time and my buddies after that i said i shot a buck and it's small for me but uh you know dude i fucking was shaking like a leaf when i shot him and i don't regret it for two seconds and uh now man is it it's your mindset on the year and your goals on the year you know what i mean
2: sure yeah no i, I could see how that that would play into it i so this this is an interesting question, It kind of uh, chasing the rabbit down the hole. W- w- is it a mature deer you're looking for, or is it a big racked deer that you're looking for?
0: Um, for me, it, 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 that goes back to mindset, too. And there's a lot of guys that are probably going to shit on me for that saying, like the mindset thing. But um, for me, it depends. Like if a buck comes in and he's 110 inches and he's old, I, I might shoot him. I might let him live out his days though too. It just depends on what I'm feeling like. If a big, heavy, hundred twenty five inch eight pointer comes in, and I know he's six and a half, and he's just smelly, ruddy, nasty, dude, arrowing him all day long. You know, that's just kind of the, that's I guess that's the jump over the fence for me. But a three year old one sixty comes in, he's just got stud jeans. That's gonna be tough for me because I don't have property that's guaranteed locked in to hunt there next year. You know what I mean? And 160 is a massive monster. And I don't care what anybody says. Someone might say, well, no, it's not. Well, listen to a different podcast, you know. But it's 160-inch three-year-old comes in, and he's 20 yards, and I got a shot. I'm shooting a man. It's tough. But it also depends. If I just shot a four-year-old that scored 160, I might let that one go. So, Does that make sense? No, kind of? no,
2: it, it makes total sense. I, and, it I, depends
0: on each year in the situation I'm dealt with.
2: Well,
1: dude, October 1st last year, I was sitting in the stand first first hit that I could. All of a sudden, you know, out the field come came a little basket rack and uh, a little shithorn deer, and they were sparring a little bit, and I I got my blood pumping. I'm like, I'm going to shoot one of them. Depends, I'm not, I'm not about Mindset and experience. I Yeah, and I... You know, I'm not the most experienced deer hunter, but I saw a couple bucks out there and I was like, oh, one of these sons of bitches is getting shot right now because my heart was thumping. There's a couple other does in the field. I didn't get a shot because an old doe came out behind me and was, uh, she was letting everybody know. The, the, the kids on the playground, she was a school teacher. She was taking care of everybody. So <laughs> I, could, I couldn't get a shot. But dude, I little basket rack, I would have shot him. That got you excited. It got me excited. I would have shot him. I would have posted that picture proudly. And I, I, I wouldn't have cared, dude. I'm, yeah, you can't care. You know, I, I got excited. I wanted to shoot it. And that's, that's a, where I'm at.
0: That bothers me when I see someone say, like, we well, ain't the biggest buck in the woods. Own it. You shot it. it. don't matter. We know it's
1: not the biggest buck in the woods. Who cares? He's going to be delicious, and I'm going to mount him, and I'm proud of it. You know? But didn't happen. So it's just a story. Tall,
2: tall tales. We're chasing tales. <laughs> 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 so – make the case for me because we we've just said we've just said that you know shoot what makes you happy essentially is what we just said you know obviously th- that comes with the caveat of it needs to be legal but and that's year for year in your mind yeah
1: in your experience assuming it is legal i know like states like pennsylvania yeah, you have to have point count make sure that shit's legal well, and I but, yeah i need to make that clear i don't agree with shooting year and a half year olds every
0: year you know
2: <laughs> screw you then um <laughs>
1: Damn! Damn. Damn think you see a button Something's bug coming here. Like, man, I bet that some bitch is gonna be delicious.
2: It's no, gonna, no, let's I'm go, baby, salty. <laughs> Can no. we eat you in a couple Ber- weeks? <laughs> first, first, first deer a year and a half or older that steps out in front of me on public land here is dying. It, be- it better oh. have. It better make a serious case for its life, otherwise, it's gonna have some carbon being slung at it, dude. I have two years well, well, post kill. I- well, I'll have you know, I heard rumors
0: that the uh, the old Ohio Whitetail Experience boys and maybe you might be coming to Illinois for some public mm-hmm. ground hunting. Oh. So uh, our intern has been at work scouting some public ground for you guys, and uh, I I gotta say I scouted some public ground with them the other day. Hey, so. we saw Dang. we saw a pretty nice buck. So yeah, we did see a good buck, man, on public. So yeah, uh, luckily we saw it with those b- binos that I had. Yeah, those shit ass
1: <laughs> binos. Well, I, so
0: I, I will say this. Yeah, imagine shooting a hundred and thirty five inch eight pointer on Illinois public ground.
2: Dude, y'all would have to pull me out the tree stand. I, I, we know I, where I, one's at. Hey, you come to Illinois, you stay with us for a week. We
0: got some hunting camp buddies to go with you out there and uh, bigger deer in Florida.
2: Well, I won't shoot a year and a half then if I come up to Illinois. Don't worry about that. You'd have to
0: hold <laughs> out, man. I'd like to see you leave with, like, either, like, right at one, like, Pope and Young, at least.
2: Oh, man, I'll hold out for a big deer. I, I don't know how, how big he's going to be, but I'll I'll, I'll try to make sure he's back, outside the ears.
0: Well, but, that, but that goes back to shoot what makes you happy yeah. too, you know? If it's yeah. your biggest deer, man, you know, you shoot that deer. And the thing is, like, outside the ears, that just means it's a wide buck. He could have 12-inch G2s and that's be, true. like, t- touching at the tips, you know what <laughs> I mean? So yeah. you put an arrow in him. Well,
2: that, that, that's a southern term, that whole, like, outside – well, I'm sure people it's use it. It's a term here too, man. Yeah. It is. It, it is. is. It, it, but – so let's let's do this because I want I want to – backtrack just a second you know we talked about you know shoot what makes you happy but you talk a lot about inches right and a lot of midwest boys talk about a lot about inches we talk about points because that's the only thing we have to count down here but <laughs> right make the case now having made the case to shoot what makes you happy make the case why hunters should uh keep track of the inches of antler that, that a particular animal has well
0: i mean first off i mean it's uh it's a good way to categorize how big a deer is that you saw if you're telling a story like Hey, I, I, if I talk to my dad, saw a good buck. Well, describe good buck. 140s, you know what I mean? Right. So, but um, why someone should count inches, you're saying? Yeah, yeah best case is because you spend uh, all that money on trophy tape. You might as well get the most bang for your buck. <laughs> Go to hell, Steve. <laughs> um, you can. Uh, you know, it's a conservation tool as well. You know, bigger deer and more mature deer, essentially. You know, the bigger the rack. I mean, he's not going to be a year and a half ago if he's a 170 right you know if he is you're hunting in a farm but it's a <laughs> conservation know, tool you know farm. um it's it's a good way to explain it, it's a fun way people get obsessed with big deer it's a fun way to categorize what you saw and it's a conservation tool and i think those are the two most important things for the i mean bigger deer are the healthier the deer right um you know and plus for me what i enjoy i enjoy like we talked about earlier i enjoy mature deer i will shoot what makes me happy that particular season and it, I'm to the point where I feel like what makes me happy it might be a little bigger than what someone new into bow hunting is, obviously. Uh, but you know, with that 160 mark, I'd like to shoot a deer that's pushed in the 170s. That'd be that'd be a record for me personally, and not that that all matters, but it's just another milestone in my hunting career. You know.
2: Yeah. So, do you feel like that can be? Do you feel like that that tool can be used? That measuring tool can be used to. Uh, downgrade the significance of the animal itself like you know you go into walmart right to get your because that's where all elite hunters go to get their tackle for for hunting and but you you see like 13 dvds and it's like 32 hunts above 180 inches do you feel like that this is what i'm trying to ask how do you feel that impacts the next generation of up-and-coming hunters
0: I can see why I feel like you're trying to get me to spit some negative tones on no no, I, no no no
2: no I, I I'm not I'm not trying to put words in your mouth I, i'm I'm gent- because you're a thoughtful insightful person you're you're a member of um, uh, the Boone and Crockett Club Pope so, and young, good job Pope and young sorry what is <laughs> your
1: research I'm just kidding I've been a member of both but I'm a <laughs> measure and
2: a
0: and a, and a member of Pope and young there you go. Uh, I no, so, mean, I get what you're saying. I, I was just busting your balls yeah. a little bit, but, but some people do shed on the numbers game as like a negative thing. Right. And I, I get that because it might downplay what some people want to shoot. And that goes back to shoot. What makes you happy? Like I get that. But I also think, you know, what makes you happy should, you know, you got to grow. There's a curve. Sure. And, and, the, and then there's a baseline in that curve where you should kind of like grow from as a hunter. I don't think that inches matter because, like we talked about earlier, you could shoot a seven and a half year old buck that scores one thirty. You know that doesn't mean just because a buck scores one thirty doesn't mean he can't be mature. Um, I don't know. I I guess I'm kind of losing sight of the question, but I just think that it's uh, how, how
2: does it uh, impact how- the future. Well, how does it – so a new hunter turns 16, wants to get into hunting. They go into these stores or they they watch – they consume anything other than the WCB podcast. How do you think that uh, sets up that new hunter for hunting when when so much of the industry is – and I'm part of the industry. But so much of the industry is uh, talking about these deer in inches, right? Like I feel like there's been a little bit of a shift to where we talk yeah. about age now a lot more, which is cool. I think that's a good shift. Do you feel like it, it, it positively impacts, uh, their that curve, that baseline?
0: Yeah, I do actually, because I think that it, it gives them a goal. Sure. And it, it, it inspires them to grow as a hunter because as soon as they get out there and they spend two weeks bow hunting in the woods and I don't need, exclude firearm hunting, bow hunting, you learn so much more. It's just the fact of it. and, I think somebody that bow hunts for two weeks and hunts hard is going to realize, like, oh, this isn't easy to kill a 180-inch deer. I may never kill one. Um, So that goes back, like, you know, shoot what you can and go from make that next goal. Like, okay, you know, maybe there's some conservation play. There's some tactics in that. They're going to try and get into that 140 range, and that's a goal for them. So they're going to hustle. They're going to learn more about whitetail deer. Um, I need to, I need to play the wind. I need to be sent free. I need to hang my stand over here. There's a pinch, there's a funnel, there's a, you know, there's a draw here. They're betting on this side. It's, it's forces people to educate themselves on the animal and to be a better hunter, which I think in turn is better for the whitetail, better for hunters, better for the quality of deer um, in a whole. And I, I don't think it's bad at all, but I can see how there are some people that shit on other people about what size animal they shoot. And that sucks. But those people suck anyway, you know.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, and and that's why I wanted to ask you that question because I knew you'd make a good case for it. And there, there, and I also believe that there's a good case for it. Like I, I think that it, it is one of those things that just from a, like you said, a communicative tool, it, it, the ability to be like he was like one thirty, right? Like your buddy immediately thinks he knows what you're talking about, right? Like he 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 understands. Yeah. There's like a, a, a gauge there, but I also think it's one of those things like you walk into a. Uh, a guy's room and he shot some big deer the ability to 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 put a tangible number in your head right like you'll have this mental image of that big 10 point that he shot and that image will fade with time but the number 180 sticks out in your head right like it gives you that it it should make you hungry not it should that too
0: man and and big
2: antlers are fascinating
0: yeah And, and there's something to say about you know there's certain guys like my dad is one of them man and Austin Chandler and Ross Bigger and Clark Cummings and all these guys that we podcast with all the time, you go into their trophy rooms and there's one sixties, one seventies, one eighties, one nineties, two hundreds, two twenties even. And Ross's and Ross's uh, trophy room. And yeah, to see these guys that can consistently get on deer this way. Yeah. Genetic plays a good part in it, but 200 inch deer aren't dumb, you know, and you, and Walt, you might not ever see a 200 inch deer in Florida. That's just what you're, you have to deal with. Whatever a five-and-a-half-year-old, six-and-a-half, seven-and-a-half-year-old buck gets in Florida, that's what you shoot, man, because that's as good as it gets.
2: That is money. That is that is the best advice that any – and that, that applies not to new hunters. That applies to any hunter in their situation. I feel like there are a lot of people that get disenfranchised with – with hunting and their situation. And they don't go chase the whitetails that they have to chase because they, they get so caught up in like, well, a good bucks, only 125 inches. You know, if it's not 120, it's not a good buck. That's not true, dude. And you know, yeah. you shoot an 80 inch deer here, you're missing, you're missing perspective because if you shoot a hundred and, uh, 105, 106 inch deer here, you ought to be as jacked as a 125 inch Pope and young. And right. I think, and I think that that, that, context I think is sometimes lost on people. And I think And that's wouldn't where... that be the
0: adjustment, Walt? If I came to Florida to hunt for a week with you, which I definitely would do it for the experience, I'm gonna be holding out and be like, damn, these are young like deer. I'm not used to what they look like. I'm not used to the rack size. You might be like, dude, you see a deer you think might go eighty inches, shoot it. Yeah. Same exactly. thing if you come up here and I'm gonna have to be like, well, don't shoot a hundred inch deer, man, because right. that one twenty, one fifteen, that could be your biggest buck ever is gonna walk right behind it. Right, that's a common thing in Illinois to see a one hundred and fifteen inch deer. They're all over the place.
2: Yeah, and 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 I have and I joke about shoot. I'm a brown that's down kind of guy, and I am. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's just it's a product of my environment. Right, bucks don't get Which big is fine here. though. Yeah, and it is. And you're right, but bucks also don't get big here. So the idea of of holding out for an 80 inch deer, there's a good chance I would go several seasons without shooting a buck, and that's just that's not part of it for me. Part of part of it is putting uh, a high quality piece of protein. I like how it eats. Like I like to hunt. I like to shoot animals. So if, yeah. if realistically a, a 50 to 60 inch buck is is going to be more obtainable, and I might run into let's say three of those a year. Well, that's starting to kind of talk about, you know, what you said earlier about having one, two, maybe three shot opportunities at a good buck. Well, then that's, that's what your, your baseline likely should be for, for a shooter deer, a shooter buck. But if Mm -hmm. I, if I come up there, I'm going to slide that scale and say, okay, guy, unless it's the end of this, of the hunt, you know, the, the, the very last day, maybe the last hunt, uh, 115 will top your biggest buck. So shoot it. But Days one, two, three, and four, the idea that I know that I can do better, why wouldn't I strive for that? It's like trying if, – if you like sports, it's like trying to get a touchdown but then settling for a field goal, right? Like it's no right,
0: difference. but also – but also I'm going to play this and this. I'm going to Colorado in September. I've never hunted elk before in my life. We're going public ground all on our own just learning it. Legal bowl, I'm shooting it.
2: Absolutely. You know what?
0: You know what I mean? So I could, yeah, I could wait out and shoot a 300 inch bull. They are there, but am I gonna? If I get an opportunity before that, not my first time around. That goes back to my learning curve. I'm at zero when it comes right. to elk. Right. I'm probably some way on the upper three quarter when it comes into whitetail. Like I've got 160 inch deer. I've got a bunch of 150s. I, I feel like I'm in that upper tier, 165, 170. I want to be in that range. Do, will I do that every year? No, definitely not. I
2: can't shoot a cow though. Why? You're gonna hike back in the woods like four freaking miles. You're gonna be gassed (laughs) to to no end. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's just different
0: mindsets, man. It's I've thought about it. I'm not gonna shoot a cow if it's last day, last hour. Then I will shoot a cow. (laughs) I just and and that's like where I'm kind of like going back on what everything I've said this whole episode too. It's
1: mindset.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Sure. You know, uh, for me.
0: I'm not going to make the guys I'm with pack out a cow. Right. I do want the meat really bad, but I don't know how many chances I'm going to get to go elk hunting. And, you know, my dad's shooting first. I I already made up my mind there. I'm going to give my dad first opportunity. Um, But, you know, it just depends. I might get there and be like, I'm shooting a cow, right, first day, you know. Um, But my mindset not being in the mountains, I'm going to have to hold out.
2: Right. I'm with you, man. Hey, I'm with you. If I fly my happy ass all the way out to Colorado, the first chance I have at bringing home a couple hundred pounds of elk meat, that's going to occur, man. That's going to happen right there. Day one, first 15 minutes. It's gonna <laughs> What ta-
0: haunts me, man, is shooting a cow and then having a 330-inch uh, bull yeah. come behind her just screaming in my face. Yeah, but the same thing could be like- said it
2: for a raghorn, right? So you said the first legal bull that walks out. So, yeah. I mean, like, dude, realistically, 300 is a huge number, right? But a 200-inch yeah. bowl is still going to be massive to you. Oh, absolutely. That's what I mean. Like legal bowl is going to be a giant. I mean,
0: dude, if you But next the... year, if I go next year, I might be like, I already have <laughs> this. That's you know, that's right, right. the curve. I got you.
1: I got well, you. Hey, say, say you shoot that cow and then that bull comes out and then you shoot it. You know, you pull a buzzbuss allegedly. Or a bracket. You do whatever you want.
2: Hey. Allegedly. <laughs> I love We it. don't want to get you guys sued. I, I love it. Allegedly happened. <laughs> I love that y'all managed to work that into this podcast. You know, like <laughs> that? <laughs> that was. But, a... you know. Go ahead. The reason why I'm doing the public land is I'm cutting
0: my teeth on it. Right. You know, I'm building points in a lot of states and I might draw New Mexico next year on a 50-50 odds and. Uh, I don't want to learn on a a point <laughs> yeah. system that I've put right, in six, seven right. years of points and money in and then go there and be like, not knowing what the hell I'm right. doing and just fuck shit up the whole time. And I want to cut my teeth on those over-the-counter tags, which is tough hunting. But if you ever hunted tough whitetail woods, you learn the most there.
2: Absolutely. You grow. It's painful, but you grow. I'm yeah, with you, man. Exactly. If, you, if you pull Nevada, I will gladly be your pack mule. You just let me know.
1: Ne- is nevada a state yes nevada is that in
2: iowa yes nevada Iowa. it's a suburb it of is. peora illinois peora. <laughs> <laughs> damn hit home with that one yeah uh. man um so we hammered that topic card. let's let's pull this up real quick steve what's up you win the hmm. lotto 400 million dollars at your disposal what one hunt would you do and who would you take 400 mil. Yeah, you got some you got some jingle, dude. Some coin.
1: Bro. All right. So, first thing I'm going to do, buy. buy my mama house. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm not buying my mama house. She's already got one. Uh 400 million. I'm taking a uh... shit, dude. I think I'm going on a I'm going on a moose hunt. Mm, I think I'll do the Yukon moose, right? So, I got that kind of stupid money to throw at something like that. Right? Uh I would do a Yukon moose hunt, and uh, man, I don't know who I'd take. I'd probably take Kurt because he's got a uh, moose tattooed on him. <laughs> he can hear to tell that's one of his dream hunts. But like the the surprise I would do is like, bro, I bought you a tag too. Yeah, I don't know if I can. I mean, he legally probably can't do that, but like I think you, you can. got four hundred. You got four hundred million dollars. Yeah, dude, you can do whatever you want at that point. You know what I mean? Absolutely. If I can, if I can legally do that and have, uh, have that, I, I I would do that because uh, I actually saw one moose in person and I thought that shit was awesome. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was in Canada and I saw one walking across the road and I was like, that motherfucker is big. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize how big they were until like I realized how far away we were and I'm like, dude, I'm used to seeing like horses and cows. At that distance, and I'm like, that some bitch <laughs> is big,
2: dude. How uh, are you gonna go do a Yukon moose hunt and not take the shockleys? Huh? Take shock. No, we're not gonna take. Eva. Take Shockle- Eva. Eva. Easy. I'm
1: just gonna have Kurt in the plane with me. That's how I'm gonna do it. I'm that dude. I'm if I'm if I'm up there, I want people who speak like, you know. The Trump's English, not the Queen's English. I don't want that Canadian <laughs> accent. The I want the Trump's English because he's president now. Next year when it's uh, Mitt Romney or whoever in the next couple of years, the Romney's English. That's how I judge English, whoever's president. So, you know, not to offend any of you guys down there. The Florida's kind of that, yeah, we might be this way, it might be that way state. But uh, whoever's president, it's that English that is English. what I speak.
2: Speak American. So daily. it was
1: the Obama's English, you know, a couple of years ago. But no, I would I would do that moose hunt, and I would uh, I'd take Kurt. Dang, did I miss out on that? Yeah, because yeah, I did. said, dude, I, I said I would surprise you with the tag on a Yukon moose hunt because oh, I'm great. so rich I can do that, dude. You can pay off of these greasy politicians. Easy, I'll be down for that. That'll and then, awesome. then me and you would go kill some bulls, and uh, it'd be awesome.
2: Kurt, you won the lottery. Where are you going man. hunting? Who are you taking?
0: Oh man. I won the lotto. Remember, I just took you on a like, hunt. This is like, I obviously go anywhere I wanted, like multiple hunts. But Are you saying like my first
2: hunt? No, yeah, I'm saying like one hunt. You can only pick one hunt. Don't, oh. Yep. One destination hunt. One okay. destination hunt. Where are you going? Just because I'm
0: assuming I could continue to elk hunts later in life, Um, I would take, you know, I'd have to do that bucket list, like New Zealand stag. Or even Argentina. Our buddy Larry McCoy from Respect the Game TV went to Argentina and killed a red stag. Uh, but I, I'd say New Zealand. And I would bring – I'd have to bring Steve, obviously, because he's bringing me on his moose hunt. But my dad – my dad would be number one pick, though, to be honest, because I do everything hunting with my dad, everything bow hunting me and my dad are a team. Uh, but de- I'd bring my whole fleet, man. If I could choose, I'd bring my whole gang gang. The gang whole, gang. The whole WCBOGs would be Gucci out gang, there. Gucci gang, 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 um, gang. But now Steve <laughs> – my dad, Steve, those would be like top two picks. Um, you know, Eric, Doug, Mark Reif, the whole working class bowhunter crew would have to roll with.
2: That's awesome, man. That's awesome. But my
0: dad would have to be number one, man. That's just those are those. are. The, that's the way it is. <laughs> feel like the Lord of the Rings,
1: except working class style.
2: <laughs> All you're missing <laughs> is, is the Hobbit from Florida. Yeah, I hey, <laughs> bring hey. you with, man. I bring you with. I'll bring Frodo's hammer with me. I'd buy your podcast <laughs> and force you to become our intern. Oh, <laughs> uh. hey, you know what? Your intern gets on hundred uh, and thirty-plus-inch deer on public land, so that's an improvement for me. Jokes on you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it'll work out.
0: Dude, I've always wanted a red headed intern, so oh
2: get, yeah. <laughs> you have to settle for a, re- a red-bearded intern. Yeah, that's uh, better. Man. Yeah, you're. Oh you're, yeah.
1: Get, oh, you're gonna get treated like. Dirt, that's <laughs> the Pope and
2: Young of interns, man.
1: <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's the most coveted tag. You get a once in a lifetime tag with them.
2: <laughs> He's outside the beard, guys. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, Steve. What do you have on the docket for this year, man? For
1: me, dude, I'm uh, I'm just trying to uh, try and change things up than what I did last year. You know, obviously. Um, Look at uh, look at maps a little bit better than I have been. You know, try new spots that I always just thought, Man, you know, this this area probably won't produce, and uh, try that. Out. I, I'm hanging bang, son. hanging bang, dude. I'm down to try <laughs> stuff that I haven't tried before. This is going to be my year to just, you know, I'm like, hey, maybe I might hang this. And who's right? Different... Who's to do that right now? Who's putting Look uh, Kurt is. Up. Yeah, no, do it and obviously do a lot more early season scouting uh it's it's something i'm trying to do you know we had a blast and we uh we all went down and looked at some uh, a piece of public ground me and uh, kurt and a couple other chums you know that that was fun you just kind of seeing how different terrain lays out and you know how it all ends up being the same you know no matter where you're looking at it's like okay you know there's obviously gonna be the funnels the pinch points we're seeing that there's deer activity here. How can I relate that to my property? So that's that's what's on the docket this year, and hopefully tagging out a uh, week and a half in so I can uh, watch some Arkansas Razorbacks football. Who picks who? Are you,
2: <laughs> are you, a, are you really a, a, an Arkansas Razorback fan? Yeah, I am, yeah. Really? That is so depressing. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. It happens. Dude, I'm a Saints fan, so... Uh, <laughs> until recently we were the paper bags the paper bag fans but yeah uh well guys i wanted desperately today to come up with some rapid fire that were off the wall and crazy but my day did not go according to plan in the slightest so, so
0: when you tell me you don't have the skills to do it off the top what number episode will this be this will be 49 I think we just recorded 232 last week, so yeah, I think you should just hand that baby over. Yeah, <laughs> way to go,
1: William. William.
2: <laughs> William. Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> Rapid fire questions. All right, here we go. Come beer on, or liquor?
1: Yeah, start pouring it. You got some Hennessy down in Florida. I'm I going. you do. do. I'm going beer. You said beer or liquor. Oh, what beer or liquor? hen dog, bro. Beer. Bush light.
2: That's not beer. Bow or gun? bow son yeah traditional or compound
0: compound man because I'm not killing any deer at the traditional at this point in my life
1: I want to Steve no I'll go compound because traditional is too much work
2: climber or hang on
1: hang on yeah I gotta go hang on climber Climber or or ladder ladder (laughs) I'm fat dude what do you expect (laughs) <laughs> he, that's a good
0: one. Um climb, climber for me, i feel stealthier.
2: A full season without trail cameras or a full season without a rangefinder. Oh
0: that's a good one. No trail cams. Really? Yep. What? Okay, go ahead, Steve. I'm yeah, not at my
1: spots. <sighs> Neither. <laughs> I can't, no, you know what, dude? I would go uh rangefinder. I would just have Kurt hang all my stands.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh, one perfect day in Illinois or a f- on private land or a full season on public Ohio land.
1: Public Ohio, full season. Mm, yeah, I'll go Ohio. i go Ohio too. I, Illinois has got its problems. I got the
2: hunt, man. I can't hunt just one day. I'm with you. See, that's, that's my thing. A 400-inch bull elk but you can't deer hunt the whole season.
1: I'll take the elk for a season. Yeah, it's a good trade-off. I don't have the space in my house for a 400-inch rack anything, so uh I'll <laughs> settle for a deer hunt. I can mount a shitload of dull skulls in my house.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yukon moose hunt or a red stag Argentinian hunt.
1: Yukon moose for me. Of a red stag in Argentina,
2: <laughs> even if I won the lottery. <laughs> Call back. That's all I got, gentlemen. That's the best I can do. It's pretty good off the top, man. Yeah, that wasn't impressive. awful. Awesome. Dude, that, that's a tricky
1: question the no rangefinder and the. Uh, that's a good one, man. I might rob that off you. I know, dude. Hey, this podcast might even upload. So. Hey, man, I'm robbing the Hanging Bang t
2: shirt, so it's a fair trade. <laughs> ah, that, was that was the response huh damn bro
0: you'll get a cease and desist from a lawyer a hard copy of danielle's episode and uh a written a what i say a written how-to on how to produce a consistent podcast. Yeah, that's what it was.
2: <laughs> i showed it
1: in lawyer talk so it's 400 pages long
2: <laughs> i showed that to a buddy of mine who also listens to the podcast that conversation and I guess I guess the way that we cut up doesn't communicate to him because he's like, "Oh, dude, you better not do that." You if you, dude, he sounds really pissed off with you. I was like, nah. That, <laughs> oh, that's just yeah.
0: <laughs> That's amazing.
2: <laughs> so
0: yeah, the, the cool thing is that whole thread was people who understand, you know. So, so it's there's probably other people in that group who might not have got it if they read it, but everyone that commented in that group was on board.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Now, nah,
0: man, we. Our, our show's got a good vibe together and it's why we have been podcasting back and forth in a while. We'll probably continue to do the same thing, you know, for, until you get tired of us. So
2: absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So I have a question that I ask everybody and I'm going to close it up by asking y'all this. That is Steve, Kurt, you can go back to the first day you were a hunter and share one piece of singular advice. With yourself, what one sentence would you share with your one-day-old hunting self?
1: You go first, Steve.
2: Uh, Listen to Kurt.
1: (laughs) No, mine uh, (laughs) could be it. Mine would be uh, do more research. Okay.
0: Mine would be – this is going to sound really weird visualize
2: what okay elaborate
0: uh i felt like when i was a brand new hunter uh, i started out gun hunting and, and even bow hunting i didn't visualize my situation mm. i wasn't mentally i wasn't mentally in tune i was going off of pure like animal oh shit instinct when a deer would come in and i feel like that cost me a lot of shot opportunities where i feel like where i matured I would visualize how a mature buck moves and like what he was going to do and then how I should draw. So like I spend a lot of my time now, this sounds super mental. So I hope nobody's like, dude, this podcast is nuts. I spend a lot of time. (laughs) If I'm ever sitting alone, I think a lot of times like a mature buck coming into a setup that I just hung and how I'd go about it.
2: So So you you channel your inner deer sense. Mental
0: practicing. Yeah, yeah.
2: No, that's cool, man. That's reading. Yeah, that 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 I haven't had that one before. That's that's awesome. Well, guys, I'm gonna wrap this up. I appreciate y'all taking the time out your evening to talk to us. Y'all have any closing thoughts? Yeah, and check our podcast out. Workingclassbowhunter.com. <laughs> Look,
0: Look for it on Carbon. And thanks, Walt, well, man. We appreciate it. Always a blast.
2: Absolutely. Well, guys, this has been another riveting episode of the chasing Tales outdoor podcast i hope you enjoyed having uh kurt and steve back on and i hope that you'll go and subscribe on itunes like us on facebook and instagram and uh be sure to ask to join our closed group chasing tall tales and if you're cool enough i'll have kurt add you to the group until next time y'all get outside and go have fun go shoot your bell